welcome to the Spirituality Redefined Podcast. I'm your host, Emma Del Rey. Together, we will define what spirituality means to you by exploring different tools and avenues to create and sustain your connection to yourself and the universe. Let's do this. We are live. Welcome back to another podcast, Spiritually Redefined Podcast. I'm here with the marvelous, that's the word I'm going to use, Shelby Ring. She's a newer friend. We've only been friends since kind of COVID-ish. Yeah, COVID life. We met through dance. So she's a Charleston. We're sitting together actually in person because we both live here. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to start again like I've started all these others with saying why I love Shelby and what Shelby means to me, which sounds funny to say. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also all about vulnerability, which is like really hard for me. But I also feel like it's important to tell people why we love them. And the whole idea of, like, we don't see ourselves the way other people see us. And, like, flipping that lens. So, in the short time that I've known Shelby, and this is what we're going to talk about, so it's a great lead into that. She's just been on the most epic journey in life. When I met her, we, like, we went on a walk and we were just, like, talking and we, like, talked about, like, oh, not everything, but... We went pretty like deep into everything, like first time hanging out. And I didn't know your birthday, but in my head, I was like, she's a Sagittarius. <laughs> she's a Sagittarius. Sag baby. Well, like your just journey and quest for, I mean, freedom, but like truth and self-expression, just all these really big themes, they became so apparent. And the more I get to know you like as a friend, the more I see that as true. And you're just such a good example to me and to, I mean, everyone that you touch through your work and just existing. Like, I can do things the way I want to. And staying really true to your journey, to yourself, it's taken lots of different (laughs) turns. and It's not linear, folks. It's definitely not linear. But, like, at the same time, you're always walking on the same path because it's not about a goal or a destination, but you're always walking towards yourself through whatever has come up and I love people like that because it's just a reminder like that's the best people to be surrounded by when you're walking that path because it's like oh, okay she's going this way like every time we're talking like I'm doing this and it's different than what we talked about last time and it's mm-hmm. like okay and it's not share a little little story it's when I started to like confront my Sagittarius energy, I really disliked how up and down it was and how much change it likes to really allow for. And I was like, Mm-mm. consistent, the same. Every day needs to be like this. Things need to be like this. There needs to be a pattern. And then I started attracting all these Sagittariuses into my life <laughs> to be like, no, that's not really how you do it. Come this way. Come this way. And then this way. And then this way. <laughs> And I've really come to learn through my own journey, but through being friends with people who have that energy of like, no, and and it's not this chaotic thing. On the outside, it can look chaotic if you're not in touch with that feeling of things are just going to happen as they're going to happen. And it may be in this direction and then this other direction, but that's okay. Mm -hmm. It's still towards the same thing. As long as you hold that intention in your heart, which I feel like you're very good at. Mm. Yeah, I, as you're describing the, it might look like this today and then something different. I'm thinking of what my apartment looks like right now because (laughs) I have like some big editing projects that I was working on. So I have these like stations of my computers and like my computer's on my couch right now. And then I've got like a big wad of clothes from a stage shoot that I just did. And then there's like, uh, like three or four, uh, like little M&M cookie wrappers from because I didn't want to go to the grocery store because I was so into my creative work so I just lived off of cookies for the other day and ate like 80 tiny cookies Young. and uh yeah it's like there's a part of me that wants the structure you know it's like I want it to be predictable contained and I've definitely been in a chapter I, th- I would say in this last year of embracing the mess Mm. and I want to be someone that has the perfectly curated 
Pinteresty life at any given moment. Like I love a good flat flat lay. I love my space being so dialed in. And then when when I pursue something creatively or I'm in a project, I it's like bombs go off of all of my belongings and this project rolls into that and I'm not going to clean that up because I'm so into this edit or you know it's and then I'm like what happened in here? It's these yeah. little little pockets of chaos. I love that. <laughs> do you want to just tell people what you do? Because I don't think, I'm not sure anybody knows who you are. Mm, well. <laughs> to so, me, to me, like in my world. Yes. So um, <laughs> my little perfect bow on top pitch mm. is, so I own a video production company here in town. It's called Ruby Riot Creatives. It's awesome. So Ruby Riot Creatives. And we specialize I'll phrase it this way we like doing projects that turn us on Mm. so if that looks like promoting someone that has an amazing line of like artisanal jewelry or if it's doing a boudoir shoot or if it's filming a wedding with two people that are phenomenal human beings and it's like at the Dewberry and it's like so amazing mm. and just so much inspiration that's what we're excited to work on so um, yeah doing video projects that light our souls up that have an alignment I work a lot with woman-owned businesses I'm super passionate about things that help uh, nurture I think nurture sexuality Mm. because in my own personal journey, I've had a lot of sexual repression that I've sort of been a a karma, uh, I feel like a soul mission through this life. So yeah, I love love some shit that turns me on. I like following some things that light my soul up because that's where all my most potent creative energy, that's what keeps me following through on a project and having the business for six years now. Um, if there's not that alignment of something mm-hmm. that's a spark, it's yeah. real hard when you shoot with somebody in person for an hour but then you've got 30 hours waiting for you in post-production of tedium and minutia and color grading, sound scoring. So I think that it's, um, that's what's been working for me at this chapter in my life. Right now, I wanna get into all the sexuality stuff, but I just wanna make a note, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. You didn't go to school for any of this. No. You went to school. Mm -hmm. I went to a school of supernatural ministry to learn how to raise people from the dead and help blind people see and cleanse lepers and get prophetic words for people, read their psychic mail, and, uh, uh... And can you just give, like, a short... You don't have to go into every job that you had, but, like, just, like, a... From that moment, from school... To now, all the different things that you've done, and now you're doing this amazingly successfully. It's totally your thing. Yeah. But that was a special journey. It's been a very special journey. (laughs) Um, Yeah. It was like, go to ministry school, thought that I wanted to be a missionary, because I just wanted to love the hell out of people. And you know what? I still fucking love to love the hell out of people. Like, you know, I... Uh, and I think I wanted to travel and see the world and find a good way to do that. So I studied teaching English as a foreign language through uh, a certain technique that's all about storytelling um, and how our brains um, take things in. Mm. And uh, got out of ministry school at 19, was scared as shit to like go teach in Korea or like yeah. anywhere overseas. Uh, I don't know why I had to throw Korea out there. There's eight. There's a lot of opportunities in Asia with the credential that I got. I got scared, and I gave into that fear. And I was looking around me. I didn't want to go home and live with my parents in uh, Central Texas. And so I was like, "Well, shit! All these other bitches are getting married. So I guess I'll just do that." So. I married this guy that I was in a relationship with, um, mainly because we wanted to fuck, and we were in a very uh, strict evangelical Christian Mm -hmm. culture, and uh, so did that. Um, 
don't recommend it. Uh, but you know, that journey took us from, um, that was a lot of figuring out how to put food on the table. Yeah. So going from, um, I had a cleaning business. Uh, I, we moved out to LA. I did a season of commercial modeling out there. Um, went and lived back up in Northern California. That was where the cleaning business was. Um, lived in Austin. That's where I'm from. Uh, you know, just, uh, I sold life insurance to the senior market, Medicare supplements, Hmm. uh, did door to door sales, 500 cold calls a week. Uh, it was terrifying. I really did not love my life at that point. And, uh, and Ended up down in the Caribbean. We started off there and ended there of, uh, I always had a fear of uh, being on boats and not knowing what to do. She and conquered so, that. <laughs> so it was like a life goal to learn how to feel confident on a boat, whether it's just a, a powerboat or a sailboat. So I started off super green as a third mate on snorkel sailboats and then a second mate and then first mate and so trimming sails and then cooking for people and then ultimately got into doing uh being a chef on private term charter yachts in the british virgin islands um and those are on these lovely little 44 to 60 foot catamarans so those are the sailboats that have the two holes and they have a nice like living room in the middle um, and so <laughs> wonderful. And by that point of shifting into uh, being a private chef, that was, I was going through a divorce by that time. Mm-hmm. Um, I was 22 and married for three years. And it was such a beautiful moment of reevaluating and just getting to meet myself for the first time. And it was such a baby step of, I went from ministry school, living with roommates to straight into marriage and living, you know, with my, uh, partner and his siblings. And, um, it's my first time doing life solo, but I can see how beautiful it was that, you know, I had one of the best captains in the whole industry was my coworker. And, Uh, I would have different families come on the sailboat like each week. And so I had these entities of these safe structures around Mm. me. And um, I I love that chapter in my life. I did that, um, the private term charter side of it for two and a half years. And um, I had an aha moment on the boat one day of uh, I was finished cooking lunch and I'd want to take a dip in my favorite little spot off of um, Guana Island. There's these big schools of bait fish and these big four foot tarpon that are real creepy. And I was like, oh shit, like I might not do this forever. And I want to remember this. And just Mm. with global warming and the reefs and so I got this dilapidated GoPro Hero 2 out that was on the sailboat, and I was like, I'll give this a go. Jumped into the water with my snorkel gear and was free diving down and filming, and I stayed up that night and created my first video, fumbling through an ancient Mac uh, desktop computer. It was just a dinosaur, but I had the best time of, it was like, I wanted to mm-hmm. like have those moments of memories for me. And, um, I think that that's such a huge part of my why for why we film is, uh, I love what film does in my life of moments. I think I would forget and it keeps the narrative or it gives me snapshots of like, that was your life. Can you believe that? That feels like a lifetime ago. So that's my very nonlinear journey. Journey. Yeah. It made me think of one of the things you just did, the fragile music video that you did. Mm. Like when this COVID and all of this kind of time wraps up, how beautiful that is going to be to like look back on that and be Mm. oh Yeah. Like, yeah, we all face-planted. Yeah, that's what that felt like. Yeah. Yeah, that's really true. Yeah. I'm going to link that because it's so good, and mm-hmm. you're going to want to watch it a hundred mm-hmm. times. It's a, And for people that haven't seen it, it's a depiction of the woman entrepreneur's journey through COVID-19. Yeah. So that's the tie-in, and we made a real dramatic music video. Dancing. Oh, it's, so good. Good. it's so good. I sent it to Bobby, and I was like, 
how does someone do this? Like what you, I was like, it's just so amazing. Uh, Yeah. I, that was a bucket list project for sure. I've always, I've wanted to get more and more into filming music videos and, uh, and especially dance music videos Mm. because obviously we love dance and movement. So I feel like you're so good at that too, though. Being like, I want to do that. Okay. I'm going to go do it and accomplishing it. Like, learning how to sail. Like, being on a boat and feeling, like, good about it. Mm. Like, oh, this idea that I had. You know, big and small things. Not, I'm sure it wasn't a small project, but sure. something that might be, like, hmm, just an idea and then following it into <sighs> reality. Yeah, it sometimes takes a lot longer than I think that it would. It's mm. like, I don't know how long I sat on an idea to do, like, a dance music video and yeah. finding the right moment and same with shooting um like we just shot the pilot this past week of these primal prowess portraits so these erotica video shoots from the female gaze so Hmm. not you know oh here's a sexy video of me romping around in lingerie just for a dude to like put in the spank bank like (laughs) not from that angle but it's like I I got really inspired by Rihanna's Savage mm. Fenty line, mm-hmm. and I just watched that film on Amazon. That's Ooh, like insane. Wow. Oh my! It's she made a fashion show turn into more of like a short film art cool. production. Oh it's like incredible. Um, but I I was so moved by how she built a lingerie line based around like most of us have a low belly pooch and the hips and the these mm-hmm. things that we see and we notice that it's like, okay, well, um, I need some underwear that's not going to make me look like a total cupcake. Uh, yeah. And these flattering forms. But so she built the styling of this, like, fantastic underwear and lingerie and, like, crazy, like, tight suits and stuff. And, uh, and it was formed from the female gaze so it's like the waistlines are higher or there's Mm. it works with real women's bodies right so the prowess portraits and i'm still playing around with the name of what this is going to land as but prowess portrait is kind of like prowess portrait erotica something of these i want these videos for real women to have snapshots to see how beautiful they are as they are, not when they lose 15 pounds, yeah. not whatever, and give them tools to confidently move their body and have such a self-love experience while being documented in front of the camera. And so, um, like I've wanted to do this for probably two years and realistically it's been on my itinerary since January that I wanted to start yeah. offering these like boudoir video on steroids. Um, so are they, are you, te- are they doing like your primal prowess so it's workout like, movement things? So we have the work. I think that the workout stuff is going to be like a tool for women that are like, I don't really know how to move or like, mm-hmm. I don't know how to like, how do I feel sexy? I feel so awkward. It's like, here's a nurturing, very feminine, like drop into that primal energy Um, of sensuality so it's like and you'll get some like defined lines on your belly and doing you know like some of those things that I know for me it's like the low belly pooch and having Mm -hmm. some of that toning um you know it's like I love this movement practice so that's available maybe there's some learned skills there but um whether it's going to look like it's the form of some like tutorial videos or doing live event stuff but giving women maybe even like four eight counts of a simple almost like a strip tease yeah where they can know because especially after filming the fragile project um realizing that movement that looks fluid isn't always natural um if you haven't had a career being in front of a camera mm-hmm. it can feel very deer in headlights so I want it to feel like there's enough structure if if um, a woman wants to have some structure of like, oh, I don't know what to do with my hands, you know, yeah. and, and giving some little tutorials of like, look, we're going to give you a cowboy hat. 
or we're going to give you a flogger, or we're going to give you something to have to be your prop to work with versus just like, okay, just roll around on this bed. Um, Right. So, um, but yeah, we're playing with a couple different fantasy elements. So, you know, it's like just picking these different archetypes of our fantasies of like, what kind of woman do we want to be in the world? So like I have a fantasy of doing a shoot for women where they're, they get to be like the mechanic and they're in like the overalls that are like folded over and they've got like grease on them and they're kind of sweaty and and maybe we do some choreography or some movement around like a classic car or a motorcycle yeah. and just playing with the the balance of masculine energy versus like feminine profiles and giving women I really see this as um, a form of self-care and also these landmarks of rites of passage Mm. so whether you're coming out of a relationship or like for me coming to terms with um like the end of a tunnel of an infertility diagnosis Mm -hmm. and reinventing myself of coping with that news um coming out of a divorce or you know the classic getting married like all these moments that are pivotal in our journey as women and maybe it's a birthday or maybe it maybe it is an anniversary or maybe it's an anniversary of your sobriety like this these different moments that we want to document who we were at that time and have a moving memory that is badass set to your favorite music and (laughs) you know it's such a um, a new way to see ourselves yeah. beyond what we just see when we catch ourselves in the mirror. And something you said at the very beginning of talking about this, as a, it's like for you. It's yes. for the woman doing yes. it. And I think, I mean, I'm going to speak for myself, but I'm sure I'm not the only woman who feels this way, that that desire to be more sexual or like get in touch with your sexuality often comes from the place of like, needing to do that for a man within a relationship or a woman within a relationship like yes oh I need to work on this or like get in touch with this for this Mm -hmm. to work and I know that's the space like I'll just be really honest that I've been in I'm like I've been feeling sexual like uh gotta work on this like my sex life works yeah and you know what that hasn't been working yeah like that mentality hasn't been helping me get anywhere that's pressure it's pressure but when I'm like don't even think about that piece of it. And I'm just like, okay, I'm going to do this for me. Mm. It works. Mm. So I, I want one is what I'm saying. I want I to know. do one is what I'm saying. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I know. Well, and it was so good, like, shooting the, the pilot. I did four different – no, we did three looks, um, three archetypes. We did a cowgirl. Mm. We did uh, this white uh, bodysuit one piece with some, like, Ooh. fetishy as fuck, like – black tights that also were like thigh highs Mm -hmm. and then we did one last look that was like super hardcore like uh like bdsm like the flogger yeah yeah yeah, whole thing oh gosh it was like like it's it's steamy but like just playing with these like archetypes of like ooh, like i want to be that woman i want to like i want to be that woman in that skin and that has that prowess you know that's that's a word that i always gravitate to um and uh, it was really good to get in front of the camera, and uh, it's and I guess I should say part of my experience was like from modeling mm-hmm. in LA, but even before that, being in a, a Christian, uh, very restrictive relationship, there was some uh, sexual, uh, what would you call it? Um, there were some questionable elements to our sex life that I was trying to do the, you know, good Christian wife, submit mm-hmm. to your husband. Mm-hmm. And um, my partner wanted me to look and fit a certain mold or be this fetish or fill this role, fill this part of my soul, like yeah. all this. Um, so I got into erotic modeling um, while I was married and in that very controlling Christian culture so you know going and it also was um I financially was supporting us and so I was like hiring myself out to be able to book 
photo shoots with these men that I would find on modeling platforms and my amateur modeling career put food on the table for us and supported us. And so stripping down naked for somebody and having them snap a couple pictures, that was something that um, I think there was, I've always been comfortable in my own skin and like mm -hmm. loving getting to express or create something, um, create a feel or a mood that's yeah. always been very intrinsic for me. Um, but I think that that's a really beautiful, it feels like a reclaiming for a chapter in my life that I, up until six months ago, rarely spoke about in public, mm -hmm. um, to take all those skills of like, I know how to help you style your body to be gorgeous in front of a camera when you're butt ass naked, if you're in that situation or right, if you're right, right. scantily clad, any of that. And so, um, I just see the, like the divinity of like how beautiful something that was from a, maybe that was a really hard chapter in life, but now having that experience, I can be of service to women that I love and that I want to support in meeting that woman in her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel like some of the end results of that, I will assume as you start to continue with this is you start in the position of like, Oh, well I want to feel this way. I want to know what it'd be like to feel, you know, mm -hmm. take on that kind of archetype. Yeah. And then at the end yeah. you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, it's bringing out the pieces that we all have access to that we yes. have inside of us, but um, don't feel confident, don't feel comfortable, don't have yeah. anyone. I kind of just imagine you there holding your hand, probably not physically, but sure. like in sure. that supportive oh, yeah. way, because yes. that's just who you are. Yes. Um, so that you feel comfortable and then you realize that, you know, you didn't, I mean, it's a great experience, but you didn't need all that. Like you, now you know how to access it for yourself, yeah. which is something you said, like giving yes. the tools yeah. it's almost to like bring it out. Activating, yeah. activating the archetype mm -hmm. of whatever that little like, ooh, that fantasy of that woman that, wow, that resonates with me. Ooh, I wish I was fill in the blank. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's exciting. It's making me excited. Like, I can't wait to see where it goes and what it becomes. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, this, I, it aligns with my personal journey. I know I just circled back into it, um, but it's like a reclaiming of sexuality. Mm -hmm. um, and for something that occurred to me in the midst of starting to pitch this with some friends and mm -hmm. being like, this is something that we're going to start offering people. Um, and the experience I want to give women. And, um, it's like, for me, I've had a, the last decade, I was diagnosed at 19 with premature menopause. So I never had periods. Um, I had maybe five or six my entire life. And, um, I just thought it was because I was a long distance runner and um, to be told like, yeah, you, you know, maybe you have no eggs or, but you need to be on bioidentical hormones for the mm -hmm. rest of your life because your body doesn't function like a normal 19 year old. Um, and coming to terms and seeing all the specialists and all the, you know, leave no stone left unturned to try to be, you know, quote, fixed and whole and the grief that's came along with, um, you know, having, having life partners that are, have said like, I wish that I would have known that you couldn't mm. have kids or I never would have been with you. Um, and people walking away for something that like, I, I, I'm such a driven, you know, I, I pursue things I make for things sure. happen. And this is something that it's like, I don't know why this is happening and I don't know what caused it. And I don't know, you know, I can't, yeah, it's, it's a very beyond, uh, my own little orbit of actions. So it's been a 10 year journey of feeling like I wanted to fit that stereotype of like when I was in ministry school, all I wanted was to have a bunch of kids with a good Christian man and you know we're just like loving everybody and we're <laughs> making beautiful babies and we're just being a part of our community like that still resonates in my yeah. heart um, 
and to shift that and recognize, um, I just feel like I spent several years being a square peg trying to fit into a round hole and watching all of, I mean, you know this as well as I do, it's like every, on Instagram you're scrolling and it's the coming, you know, June 2021, coming for the, you know, baby shoes, ultrasound, baby bump, and it's like, yeah, it's, I mean, it's challenging and it's been challenging to, to say like, I'm, I'm not gonna make it to your baby shower, like I love you, and that doesn't support me in my mm-hmm. path at this chapter, in this headspace. Um, and there's been a big shift for me of, you know, now I'm 29, and the most recent um, ultrasound that I had to kind of check and see, like, you know, there's always like, well, there's one more test we can check, and maybe, maybe the eggs, maybe there's something going on, who knows. Um, but it's like the last time of going in and they couldn't find any ovaries, you know, they're, and then the doctor saying, yeah, they've just atrophied and you have no ovary function. Your body doesn't produce estrogen and all the complications that go with being a lab rat of literally being at the will of a pharmacy to release Mm -hmm. these pills or these supplements or these patches. Um, it's been a journey. So the reclaiming of that question of am I less of a woman because I don't ovulate because I don't I don't have this innate part of my monthly cycle like I have none of that um, or I build it out according to pills I pop in my mouth right. and um, so it's been beautiful to stop trying to you know oh let's try to do the in vitro let's do i you know ivf let's egg donor let's all the things because i'm trying to be something that i just want to fit in with everyone else's path and to recognize like well what if i didn't try to put all of my life energy into trying to fit into that mold and what if I looked at other options of what could this be? And I know like Angelina Jolie has been my recent muse <laughs> of somebody like, I don't know, like her and Brad, whatever. There's like, who, I don't know her directly, Yeah. <laughs> but I see this archetype of a beautiful woman that's had a successful career and she has adopted so many beautiful children that are amazing souls that mm-hmm. are here that she can love and be that person and I'm like why can't that be my story why don't I flip the script from well I can't have it it's harder for me woe is me pity party you know the comparison of the common and recognize well what if I get to have my super hot body for fucking ever because (laughs) I don't have to put it through childbirth Mm -hmm. you know let's look at the how can we make lemonade out of some like badass lemons um so i think that the prowess portraits for me of helping women see something that is so personal you know it's not just like oh let's do a photo shoot you know Mm -hmm. it's it is the erotic it is sexuality and that's so dear to my heart because i've been someone that when i don't have estrogen i don't have progesterone like yeah you don't naturally get wet you don't naturally have these it's like that story of oh my gosh i'm such a burden of i have to always have lube i have to always have oh this isn't i can't be spontaneous i don't get to have the i don't get to have fill in the blank yep so the reclaiming and i know that so many people have different you know if they've had a hysterectomy or going through Mm. breast cancer Mm -hmm. there's so many things as women that we all face in our lifetimes of setbacks but I just see it as a claiming of our piece that we can, that is ours to take and how can we rock it and celebrate what is there to celebrate and um, see not just the silver lining, but like a big ass fucking rainbow with your name on it. Um, So that's, that's been, uh, I think that's a big reason of why, I mean, why we just spent the last 25 minutes talking about this one new offering of helping women document their erotic nature. Yeah. Cause it's so, you said it was personal 
for them like such a personal thing mm-hmm. but it's also very personal yeah for you like the yeah. motivation behind yeah the work and it's just another good example to me of how like I don't think you ever have felt, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, like a door is closed in your face, like, or at least taken that as a no, and been like, oh, yeah, well, I guess that's just like, you know, you're very quick to be like, nope, look, look at all these other doors, look at all these other options, and this is such a, I mean, it feels big to me, because even when we were talking about it the first time as friends, I was like, but inside, because to me, I'm like, because I want to have kids, and I want that family, and I'm like, that is what's going to happen. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm also deeply convinced I can't get pregnant, so we'll see. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's just such a good example of, like, there's no no mountain too high is, like, my weird metaphor that's coming. But, like, there's no thing that can't be done the way that it needs to be and not fighting against with what things are. And I know you went on a long journey and wanted a different outcome Mm -hmm. because you're human. And I think on some level, it's still biologically wired in us to want the kids and be able to make them, even if we don't want kids or can't or whatever the story is. But yeah, that just anything's possible. Well, and, and there's options. And letting the, you know, it's like, for me, I was, the thought of adoption, I was like, okay, well, I just have to have the pregnancy experience because I need to have that baby grow in my womb, even if it's somebody else's egg, because otherwise I'm terrified that when that, if I adopt a child, that I would be like, wait, can I take it back to the baby store? Like, I had this set mm. belief of, like, if I don't have my biological tie-in, and yet, how many people pop kids out and then they're like, I can't take it back to the baby store. Yeah. So just acknowledging like that's not exclusive um, of a fear. And just because if, you know, going a route of adoption and speaking with a handful of friends that have adopted children or, you know, they have their their story, it's also a process. It's a year mm-hmm. or it's two years or mm-hmm. it's... Um, you know, so you do have that headspace to prepare much like you would through a biological experience. So letting go of my own insecurities of like, well, I think I would be a bad mom if I didn't raise this child and have them like running with my like bodily fluids coursing through their Mm -hmm. veins, you know? Um, yeah, it's like letting go and being brave enough to look at what are the fears of um, the alternative? Yeah. Yeah. Something that came to mind, and I'm pretty sure I said this when we were talking about it the first time, but, like, think about how much we love our pets. They're not ours. Ooh, yeah. We didn't make them. We didn't. Like, yeah. I love my dog. And, like, she she feels like a child. I never had a child, but she feels like my child. Yeah. And, like, mm-hmm. but I think that's all somehow still wrapped up in that, like, biological need of, like, I do it this way. Mm-hmm. I, I must make this is baby. This supposed to go. Yeah, yes. I, must, I must do it like this. Yeah. Um, but we can love anything if we open our hearts to it. Yeah. Just as much as if it was our own. Yeah. And it is yours. It's just not... Through a certain set, set. of mm-hmm. modality. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to share on that topic? It's a, it's a huge topic in your life. Probably always, but I feel like right now, too. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, I think, um, a beautiful thing worth sharing is the snapshot for me has been um, coming to terms with finally embracing, like, I don't have eggs Mm -hmm. and officially running all the tests, all the possible, all the things, all the experts, all that, and realizing, like, yes, there you have nothing, the biology side of it, you have nothing to work with, and taking space, even though I've been aware of this condition for a decade, yeah, to take the space to choose to show up for myself, to meet that woman, to mourn those children that I will not ever have and fully come to a, um, a chapter of acceptance mm-hmm. 
and uh, it's certainly not linear, but that act of, I tend to just plow through stuff. And like when I, the week that I got the diagnosis from the most recent best lab things and the ultrasound and did all that, I immediately called three couples that had had donor eggs and I followed up with the fertility clinic and I, I was like, well, we're just gonna go get us an egg. Like, let's move forward. And I just wanted to steamroll yeah. how upset I was of that other side of it, the side of what isn't the reality and acknowledge that. So right. slowing down and evaluating um, and giving my spell, myself the space um, to see that in myself. Um, has been huge and even um in my romantic relationship consciously taking space and it's been amazing to have somebody in my life that understands um and has empathy for where i'm at of uh, you know hey i'm officially coming to terms with this and i need all of my bandwidth to sit in silence and have a lack of distractions or someone else's orbit around me. So taking that time to meet her, mm -hmm. that's been, um, I'm really proud of that. I'm proud of that too. And I feel like a word you that I was hearing that you weren't saying was grieving. Yes. It, you know, I think you've been provided some closure whether wanted or <laughs> unwanted, yeah. Yeah. but now yeah. this chapter is like, oh, okay, it is closed. Like there is an yes. end because yes. the stress and the pressure of that open and hope and maybe is a yes. lot for yes. any situation. Yes. And now that's closed and having to grieve, I think, like you said, you know, the children that you'll never have and all those things and maybe hopes and dreams, but also just like that person because you're not going to be that person yeah. anymore. The person you've yeah. been... I mean, definitely in the last decade, maybe your whole life. Mm -hmm. There's something, and it's not all of you, but in that, too, that is dying. Yeah. Not just with the fertility and the kids and that piece, but a lot of other things that have probably held that identity yes. around it in place are also going. Yeah. And the other side of that, it's not just a sad, like, this is not a tragedy yeah this story is not a tragedy this is a plot twist <laughs> and we love those and seeing that it's like oh shit like what are all of that door's closed but if i just turn and fix my gaze away yeah. from the closed door and i can see the expanse of unknown which at first scary terrifies the shit out of me <laughs> and then recognizing like oh my gosh like what can this be? What trajectory can I have if I'm unafraid, if I'm not attaching to, well, I have to have the husband and the kids and the house and the, whatever that narrative is mm -hmm. that we think is uh, our portion to, to look at beyond the fear yeah. what's possible. And I feel like something that came to mind too is getting really comfortable with what you came for in this life versus what we think we Ooh. want. You know, like oh, yeah. I, I believe, yes. and you can take this or leave this, that you were never going to have your own children in this life. And that's something you probably agreed to. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you don't get, don't have the experiences that put you in that other position of wanting that because you're yeah. human and biologically that is part of it. Yeah. But like getting really comfortable and intimate with okay this is this is probably what was always true yeah and all of that yeah i don't want to say it was a distraction but it was like but that was the hero's journey. journey oh for sure that was the like you have to have the muck yeah to rise up and be like i appreciate the the highs because mm -hmm. damn i've been in some lows yeah but there's definitely going to be another evolution of Shelby on the other side of all this. Oh, and she's saucy. She's, she's she pretty wears, awesome. She wears yellow she's, heels with snakeskin ankle parts and stilettos. Yeah. That's how Shelby showed up to my house today. 
But that's, that's, it's something I don't think enough people, specifically women, let themselves experience. And this sounds like a weird way to put it, but it's what feels really true is I feel like you let yourself have such a strong identity that isn't necessarily wrapped up in one particular thing. Yeah. Like you're just Shelby, not just, but like you're Shelby. Mm -hmm. And that to me, when I say that means this whole thing Mm -hmm. and I don't automatically think, oh, well, this is what you do in the world or these are the really, or you're my friend or these relationships that you have. Like that just stands for something on its own. And I can't say that for everybody that I know. I'm like, oh, well, that person's also a mom and that may not be the best example after everything we talked about, but like all these things come to mind that they do. And I'm like, no, Shelby, Shelby, Shelby. Yeah. (laughs) Shelby does some weird shit. Yeah. I feel, um, there's such a cool, um, when I was 16, uh, I was in the Christian culture, doing all that stuff, um, loving, loving me some Jesus, doing all that. But I, have always been an artist. I've always, Mm -hmm. you know, fine art is the roots of where my creativity was really shaped. Like some people had theater or or music. I had, I had art, fine art, painting, drawing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would go downtown in Austin and I met this friend through the craziest happenstance. Um, this wonderful soul named Leo He's six foot nine. Oh my gosh. He had four foot dreadlocks and he was, um, he was like late twenties and we would meet up and we would just walk through the city of Austin for, I'm not kidding, eight hours, just a full day. Mm. And he was such a, almost like a character out of a fairy tale. When you see someone that's so tall and just like he looks like this amazing like ancient tree and <laughs> to walk around everyone wants to interact with him yeah and so and everyone would we couldn't walk 200 feet without someone being like hi leo hey leo hey and um and he was such um, a compassionate just this gentle soul because I asked him I, that's how I met him was when I was 14 at a Bob Marley festival and I was like hey you're really tall can I get your picture and so we had this picture together and the next year same thing hey you're tall what's your name again Leo and then the I looked at a friend when I saw him one more time downtown and I was like that guy the next time I see that person I am going to drop whatever I'm doing that day and I'm going to spend the rest of the day with that person because what in the world does that guy's life look like? Yeah. And um, I went to a kite festival. There's lots of festivals in Austin, of course. So busy. Yeah. And But being 16 and walking downtown, my friends were like flaky and they bailed. And I just got to this cool kite festival and I prayed. And I was like, I, I was like, put someone on my path that I can go on adventures with. Mm. And it was like, here's a biblical, parting the Red Sea people. (laughs) Leo was walking through the middle of all these people. And I was like, oh shit. I said, the next time I see him, I'm going to stop everything. So I walked up to him and I was like, oh my God, how am I going to get this person to let me spend the day with him? So I was like, I just acted like we were best friends. And I was like, oh my God, Leo, so good to see you. How have you been? And he's like, do you want to come sit down? And so we spent the rest of the day together. And so that whole story of wandering around with him and meeting artists and meeting these fanciful people that maybe I wouldn't always meet in like the suburbs of the hill country of Cedar Park. Um, it, I've always collected people. I've always been fascinated by people that are atypical. <laughs> and I love that. To me, I've always seen this vision of at the end of my life, if there was a large banquet table, I want to have the craziest medley mm. of people that every one of them, you could look at them and be like, how did you know Shelby? And they each know a different, beautiful, intimate part of yeah. who I've been in this life. Like for me, yeah. that's it. So 
you know, I collect families. I have my island granny. I have my island sister, my island mom and dad. Um, you know, I've got a Tasmanian mom that I met in ministry school. I've got moms in Oregon. You know, I collect these people that feel yeah. like family. Um, and it's beautiful to kind of recognize, like, that always was my my path. Family mm-hmm. doesn't... It never really has just looked like stay within your orbit of people that you know. Um, and it's exhilarating to me. And I'm just tapping back into this of, uh, like, going to a bar downtown and taking myself out for, like, a yeah. fine cocktail. Yeah. And not having my phone out. Yep. And just, it's the hardest meditation Ooh. to just sit and not have a vice, a person, to just sit in your own sovereignty mm. in a bunch of different dynamics. I did that last week for the first time in a very long time, and it was... Uh, terrifying and yet on the other side of the terror is such a deep well of like oh my gosh I love that woman Mm -hmm. like I love this woman I love this woman I keep showing up for like I I think she's fantastic and um and it's like a muscle oh yeah the more you step out and take those uh, little risks um, that scare you, those little steps towards the unknown, I'm finding over and over that there's, it's like the ground rises up to meet my feet. Mm. I want to leave it at that, but I want to ask you my questions because that was just so good. <laughs> okay, what does spirituality mean to you? <sighs> Ooh, what does spirituality mean to me? At the end of the day, when you put your head on your pillow, it doesn't matter what your friends, your peers, your coworkers, your aunt, it doesn't matter what anybody else has told you about your life decisions, your choices to do, don't, leave, stay, go, Mm. explore. Nobody else goes to bed with your decisions. You are the only one that carries the weight of your life. Spirituality to me is is staying true to that path. Yeah. I love that that was your answer because I think about that almost every night before I go to bed. Really? Y- yeah. Oh, it's raining. Um, I just had someone say that to me a couple years ago, and, you know, she's like, living your life is about, you know, you're the one who has to put your head down on that pillow at night. Are you going to like the person that you've been, what you've done, what you did, all those things that yeah. you said? Like, you're, you have to go to sleep with you. Nobody else has to yeah only you do and is that and you like that that person you know that you're sleeping with I think about that a lot because it's so easy to get caught up in all the other pieces yeah yeah and how do you connect to that uh honestly music hmm I thought you're gonna say I mean I feel like you touch something when you're creating in all the ways that you do yeah I think I'm finally acknowledging the power that music has had in my life, even though I've created a lot of visual Mm. artwork or, um, like, tactile experiences for people. Yeah. Uh, Music has saved my life in life-threatening situations, and um, it gives me this hope that keeps me going. So I think that I connect with my spirituality listening to ASAP Rocky's fuck sleep <laughs> or I connect with that sovereign part of myself to like Vance Joy's She Burns you know I pick these songs yeah. that are almost mantras to me yeah. um, and it's always varying um, 
I think that's probably the most like real as fuck answer. No, I I love it. I do also when I'm having dark moments of the soul, Mm -hmm. I love a good guided meditation. Um, like Sarah Blondin. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> She's somebody that has been a refuge for me for a few years. You know, I love her voice and the, the cadence that she speaks. Um, Morgan Day Cecil is another beautiful spiritual mentor person that um, she has some really beautiful activating uh, meditations that resonate with me. But that's also guided meditation helps me um when i'm spiraling or when my my energy is sporadic i love that you said music because something i talked about when bobby interviewed me for this season is like it doesn't it doesn't have to be meditation or these things that we think of as traditionally spiritual Mm. it can be i always go to drugs i don't know why that's like (laughs) like you can but like really the intention behind it is what matters Mm. so if when you listen to music and if that creates that connection for you great and that's your intention is to have that connection then that works it can be anything and it's not about you know yeah this this thing that that thing this is what i should do this is what i'm supposed to do this is what a Mm. spiritual person does it's just like nope this makes me happy yeah and that gives me that connection yeah cool end of story you know (laughs) i feel like you answered this next question through our whole conversation, but how do you stay true to yourself? Mm. I think that I stay true to myself uh, through creating the space to hear my answers to questions I don't want to face. <laughs> I love so that. it's like Sometimes it looks like writing or like sitting in my car, like right before I came and met up with you, you know, it's, if I have something that's troubling me, slowing down, having, whether it's a book or a resource or a song or something that drops me into the energy of Mm -hmm. what is lighting me up. Um, and then writing about like, this is my fear or this is what's frustrating me or this is what I would like to say, or this is what I'm craving. This is what my soul's craving. It's like, as I can be more bold about acknowledging what I really want. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's how I tap into that. Yeah. And I think staying true to yourself is being bold about what you want. Yeah. And taking the small steps to Yeah, that. It's, it's not a popular path. I don't mm-hmm. think a lot of people <laughs> genuinely, um, yeah, there's a lot of cost yeah. to saying yes. Um, there's also, if you don't say yes to what you really like, you're saying yes to mediocre things that mm. I think that might be even harder. I agree. And scarier. Mm. In the long run, like getting to the end of your life and always choosing what's easier, what's comfortable, or what other people have done. Mm. And talking about having to put your head on your pillow at night. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. I'm, not, I'm not okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> thinking about it like makes me have anxiety so doing it I can only imagine yeah and finally what part of yourself do you feel most connected to right now my pussy (laughs) I knew that was gonna be your answer maybe not those words but I'm in such I'm in such a pursuit I've never paid attention to her so much Mm. so I mean you and I've talked about this yeah I just got the book pussy the reclamation oh I'm so glad you're reading it so good um, so good. I'm cre- yeah, that's part of my like healing of meeting this woman is like I'm trying to drop in and be like, literally, what causes any kind of sensation in my vagina, in my womb, in what like spasms, what uh, makes my heart speed up? Because mm. um, I've never done that before, and I've kind Love of. That locked her in a closet and thrown away the key for a while so um yeah that's it's a new thing um but it feels good (laughs) as it should (laughs) yeah well thank you for sitting with me and talking to me and doing this Mm -hmm. i feel like every time we talk 
I just feel like a better person afterwards. And I feel, no, I'm not kidding. I'm not just saying that. And I feel like more alive and like I need to go conquer something. Yeah. Right now. Yeah, girl. <laughs> well, thank you for having me on your amazing show. You're welcome. I love you. I love you too.